This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Uh, a little bit of bad, a little bit of good, Josh. Uh, well, sure, we'll get to the bad later, but first, mm-hmm. let's start with the good. I have to sing the praises of the Always Cheating listenership. We had the best uh, Always Cheating meetup at our de facto headquarters unofficial headquarters the black horse mm-hmm. pub they still don't know they still don't know that we talk about them on the podcast <laughs> that we get no cuts on drinks <laughs> we're actually I, I started dropping um clues now i left a few always cheating uh buttons mm-hmm. uh, on the table where we were sitting at the oh, black I horse didn't know that. like we're so if we were business majors we would have just walked up to the owners at some point <laughs> yeah. and been like hey we came here all the time to talk about you in this podcast we like have no. meetups constantly instead no, some of the uh, some of the bus boys and cooks in the back are are trying to um uh, read what what does this mean why always cheating and they're like going group, to the website of, yeah a group of men who get together who are cheating on their wives like, what's, <laughs> what's going on here <laughs> yeah, exactly. but we we had a fantastic meetup um we all the way from barbados jamal rice currently uh ranked 34 overall in the world it was fantastic to meet Jamal. Also, James Parker, all the way from London, hailing from uh, Wimbledon, a, a place where you you have been, Josh. We, uh, we had a long talk about it. And uh, too long, for my taste. <laughs> uh, and, and Danny Bean and our good friend Trevor Ingerson all met up, and we had a blast watching the relatively mundane fixtures on Saturday. Yeah, we ended up having kind of an accidental pure watch on on uh, the, the, the late fixture, which was uh, Chelsea... Uh, Chelsea um, uh, Swansea, Swansea. Uh, was yeah. kind of a kind of a dud of a game, you know. One one nil early goal by Chelsea, just kind of play. It was like an early season game, really, in a way. It was like they just they they got this goal and they just they held on and played great defense. And it was from like, Fabregas, no less. I mean, it was. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess a Hazard assist does make a blip on the FPL radar, but Fabregas, not at all. And the way that game shook out with with Christensen not playing and William not playing. Uh, Murata coming on for one point late, 
Um, it just really hurt a lot of. So it was like one of those games where it was like, it's like a, it's good, I guess, because I don't have any of those players. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was hard to get too excited about it. There were there were some like. Um, we're in some like head-to-head playoffs since there was like I we were kind of rooting for uh, some Swansea goals for certain things to happen, but that was basically it. I wanted a generic <laughs> Swansea player who like maybe wasn't Elfie Mawson to score a goal. That was pretty well, much ju- well, what e- I was exactly. Larry, that was the juice that we had in the game. Um, Danny Bean, a friend of the Cheaters, and he was there at the meetup. He is legendary on our Patreon-only Slack channel for months ago. He placed a bet that Alfie Mawson scored the one and only goal in whatever Premier League fixture. I can't remember what the fixture was. Yeah. Uh, it, he, I think Danny put like two pounds on this bet. He ended up winning. 300 to one. one. Yep. Yeah. So what, he got 600 pounds? 600 pounds. Incredible. So um, Danny didn't go 100. He didn't go double or nothing on this one. But he did <laughs> place, I think, another another two or three pounds for Mawson to be yeah. the only scorer. And uh, so that was completely sucked out of the room within once Fabregas scored. So it was it was a good meetup. Uh, yeah, I was a little bummed out because uh, Zaha, um, I was actually playing Danny in our head to head playoffs for our personal our private league. And uh, Zaha went off, and uh, Milivojevic had a chance to claw some points back and um, hands the penalty off to Benteke, a man who has no confidence. It's really um, – it was like he talked about it later, and he was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it was like he really <laughs> didn't want to take the penalty. Uh, so that made me feel kind of bad for him, and, and it was a nice gesture by uh, Milivojevic. So – or however you say his last name. Good lord, please don't, <laughs> please don't add us on Twitter. So uh, yeah, good, good meetup. Uh, Another reminder to everyone: if you come to New York, come to our headquarters at Black Horse Pub. It's always a great time. They took take good care of us. We we have more thanks to give, though, Josh. That's true. Uh, quick thanks uh, to last week's podcast for FPL General for being on the pod. Um, it was just it was very nice. Probably got a lot of great feedback, and I feel like we picked up a lot of new. Um, uh, just followers as well, uh, people who follow us on Twitter. We also picked up some new Patreon supporters. I think part of that is because we did a little, uh, you know, at, once the podcast was done, we did a Q and A with with the general, uh, and we posted that as an exclusive on our Patreon page. And I, I thought it was a pretty good interview. I know a lot of people liked it who listened to it. Um, but just a quick thank you to um, Nick Costello, David Sigband, Dominic Summers, Stephen Capola. Uh, Juan, um, I forgot Juan's last name, and uh, Patty Brown, uh, who all, all became new Patreon pledgers this week. So uh, thanks to all you guys. And, Thank um, you. Brandon, we teased this on last week's podcast. Yes. Uh, but quickly, let's talk about our Patreon-exclusive World Cup game. Yeah, let's talk about it. So there, there is still a huge double game week for FPL to come. Lots of FPL to talk about. But World Cup is nigh, and Josh and I will be podcasting for the World Cup But if you come to our Patreon page, we'll have exclusive World Cup content, exclusive World Cup pods and other stuff. And for Patreon subscribers only, a special World Cup game. Instead of uh, looking at the players, like every single individual player in the World Cup game, we're trying to devise a simplified game in which we look just at the teams, the countries that are playing. So based on the FIFA rankings of all the countries present at the World Cup, we're going to assign them a point value based on that FIFA ranking. We're going to divvy up all these teams into four pots. So that's eight teams in each pots. These pots have nothing to do with how the the uh, World Cup groups actually shake out, but more to do with their their FIFA rankings. And then if you're participating, just pick two teams from each pot, so that's eight teams total, and then you root for your teams to win. It's as simple as that. 
Yes, and there'll be extra points for the elimination games, extra points for picking the team that wins it all. But the point is you're going to pick teams at the top of the rung and at the bottom of the rung um, so that, you know, and there'll be some, some you know, like so some of the creativity will be in picking the lower-ranked teams that might actually have a chance to even pick up a point for a draw uh, or possibly even a win later on. I mean, we all remember that Switzerland beat Spain uh, in 2010 when uh, they played in their group stage. So. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're gonna write all this out and and and, and make it all nice and, and easy to to follow. But the point is, exclusive game for our Patreon supporters. Visit Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating uh, and sign up. I guess before what before the first match of the World Cup, um, and uh, yeah. maybe, maybe give us like a day, maybe two days before the start <laughs> okay. of the World Cup. We need to we need to uh, give your information to our secretary to <laughs> and <laughs> just enter you into yeah. this elaborate spreadsheet that we're gonna have to build. Exactly. So, uh, all right. So that's enough of uh, of of the Patreon and other other non fantasy stuff, FPL stuff. So, Gaming Thirty Six in the books. Brandon, I, I, you know, I'm I'm scared to ask you this, but how how was your week? How did you do? <laughs> this is the bad news that I promised at the very start of the podcast. Uh, terrible week. I finished on thirty one points. So this is, I am probably at the bottom the bottom zone of thir- game week 32 wild carders. And I had, I was faced with a decision going into <clears throat> game week 36. What do I do with my team that has all of these, these fail sons from, from my, uh, from my game week 32 wild card. We're talking about Pascal gross, Riyad Mahrez. I do remember that penalty Pascal. Mm-hmm. I will not forget Ashley Barnes. <clears throat> Mustafi. Had, uh, Mustafi, yeah, who I sat uh, second on my bench. I had no city coverage, and I had uh, no Spurs coverage apart from Hungman's son. So going into this game week, I was forced, I, I came to a decision point. There were so many missing pieces. No Harry Kane, no Raheem Sterling, no Gabriel Jesus. These are all players that we talked about last week going into 36 as must-haves. I still believed that, and I knew I would have to still target these guys in game week 37. Was I going to burn points going into game week 30, 36? And if I was, on who? So um, Man City rotation was of interest to me. Um, also, points get spread around in City. Do I want to burn four to get uh, Sterling and Jesus in? Also, Harry Kane would be the top target. I was going to have to burn points to get Harry Kane in. My front two, big front two, Aubameyang and Lukaku, I just said, you know what? I'm I'm going to flout the template. Conditional logic. Yep. Yeah. Well, okay, so I guess this is this is really what we should discuss, Josh, is conventional logic is one thing and uh following the herd or following the template is another thing you can convince yourself that the template is conventional logic that's what a lot of people tend to complain about and i don't disagree with this at the midpoint of the season this isn't any fun we're just following the consensus and picking all those picks and yeah and you're going to miss out on other more creative points what the choice I had to make in thirty six was? What did, did I turn into you and you turned into me? Like, what is this this like sudden change that took place? This is like a freaky <laughs> I mean, Friday overall, situation. Overall rank, that's what's changed. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying. Um, 
Well, I'm not, so, I'm not trying to put you on the cross here. I, you know, I was just curious. Yeah. I mean, you know, you didn't make any transfers, and um, you know, uh, I, I really thought. I mean, you talked on the podcast last week about how you might burn four or eight, or um, and I was, I, I mean, the Lukaku thing was kind of bad luck. I actually thought that Man United would would be. Um, it was not. There's no kind of about it. It was definitely bad luck. I mean, obviously, got injured in the 50th minute. Um, but I did think that Man, that Man United would at least put, you know, I, mean, I guess they ultimately put two two past Arsenal. I thought it'd be more like three or four, uh, and maybe he gets something, you know, if he stays in the match longer. Um, the well, Aubameyang yeah. one, you know, that's but he does have a double game week coming up, so you can justify a lot of these. The one I would have, I probably would have dropped Mares for either Sané or Sterling, though. Yeah, no, uh, I totally agree, and it was wishful thinking that Mares was going to magically pick up his form against Palace and I mean a five nil route who could have predicted that but still um, a lot of people could predict could predict a blank from Mares because he's not shown it since I brought him in on my 32 wild card so a lot of wishful thinking and I think I I uh, I'm making it difficult for myself going into game week 37 the 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 point at which I knew um it was all over was with 10 minutes into the Arsenal Manchester United game. I, I think I had convinced myself not making any transfers going with the and Lukaku. Hey, you know what? Maybe it could be like a three, two crazy match. It's it's fingers mm-hmm. last game at old Trafford. 10 minutes into that game. I was like, Oh, right. This game is going exactly as, as uh, one could predict from modern memory. Uh, Manchester United can't really attack. Arsenal um, is doesn't have a plan. It, it it was lucky that that goal that that game saw three goals. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a really uh, dire game week for me. How about you? Yeah. Well, we've I've certainly been there myself. Um, I I had a pretty good game week in the end. Um, I finished on sixty points. Um, I did burn four. I. I dropped uh, Theo Walcott, who of course picked up an assist after I dropped him, but that's okay. I dropped Walcott for Kennedy, and I uh, I turned um, Aubameyang into Kane. And so I think that was a net minus four, ultimately. They ended up on the same number of points. It was eight, eight points either way, so um, I, I'm on a minus four there. But I really wanted Kane for the double, so I just see that as I'm willing to take that four-point hit for the long-term you know, return of having Kane in my squad. So, um, <clears throat> but other than that, it was, it was, you know, the players that came through were the players that it was, uh, Sterling and Jesus. And obviously I got a goal from Kane. Um, <clears throat> the solid thing was super frustrating, obviously. I mean, you know, missing a, you know, clear goal scoring opportunity in the first eight minutes of that match. And it was one of those things that you just, you somehow knew that was going to like define the match in a way. You just knew that somehow like yeah. they weren't going to get a million chances after that. That was going to be like, it was like the magic was, was suddenly gone or something. It was like that, it's like that scene in Saving Private Ryan where the, the sniper, you know, has been like hitting everything. And, and then <laughs> he knows suddenly, he's dead. yeah, then suddenly he misses that shot by a little bit and like he gets, <laughs> he gets killed a minute later. Um, so, uh, you know, the scene I'm talking we, about. We've made, we've made a lot of references to saving <laughs> Private Ryan over the years. That was by far the darkest. Every, every scene in that movie has come up. <laughs> it's like, there's like 80 scenes in that movie. Some of them have all come up. This, hey, the, hey, the remember when Paul Giamatti just pops up randomly? It's <laughs> a great moment. That's like um, when Fellaini gets subbed on. <laughs> Uh, Leighton Baines uh, picking up 12 points for me was awesome uh, because when I picked – I actually picked up Baines and it was a bit of a disaster um, at first. Um, I, I picked up, um, 
you know, two points, one point. Um, I had him on my bench when he got a clean sheet in the Liverpool, um, Everton nil-nil. Uh, Swansea got two points. And then, I, and then I picked up 20 in the last two from him. I got eight last week and 12 um, away to Huddersfield. And uh, now it looks like I'm just going to ride him out throughout the rest of the season. Mm, ride um, him, boy. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they're they're home to Southampton in game week 37. I mean, I'm not going to burn four points to drop Baines for that for that game. Uh, even when Southampton have a lot to play for. Um, and away to West Ham in game week 38. I mean, that could be a total on the beach game for both teams, you know, with not a lot to play for there. Um, so, yeah, so 60 points total. I feel I'm feeling, you know, reasonably set up for the double game week. Um, I feel like I've got let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got nine players right now with double game with with fixtures um, with double game week fixtures. I'm probably going to burn four, and I have at least eleven, mm-hmm. um, and then probably going to bench boost as well. So, yeah. um, in terms of what those moves are going to be, I think we'll get get into that more in a minute on the podcast as we start talking about bench boost and trouble captain options and transfers and, and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, an interesting game week, a fairly low scoring game week, I think in the end, um, probably mostly because Liverpool just didn't do anything in that home match to Stoke. I mean, I, you know, that's one of those games only in hindsight, does that seem predictable? Yeah. You know, a nil nil. I mean, given everything, you know, they played a pretty, pretty close to a full squad. Uh, Firmino did not look like he was, he was ready to play the full 90. It just was yeah. not, uh, not yeah. his best performance. Yeah. I think this game week will be remembered. It'll be kind of divisive in terms of if you, if you wildcarded around game week 32, 33, how quickly were you able to transition out of that wildcard into Man City ownership? I was living yeah. high on the hog with my bench boost and my free hit in 34 and 35, and it really all came came home to roost. And I see a lot of people in the um, top 10,000 who um, couldn't break 40 because they tried similar similar tricks to, like, ride Mahrez out for one more week, and it yeah. just wasn't meant to be. I mean, the number one overall in the world, um, Boom Jakalaka, uh, picked up 39 points on the game week and uh, had actually burned four points as well. So uh, he got three zeros across his back line <laughs> I uh, wonder, with Chilhawk, yeah. Christensen, and Morgan. Based on all of this, I do wonder, and, and based on how it shook out with uh, that double and people really needing to bring in a bunch of Man City players based on the, the 4-1 and 5-0 results, this, I, I want, I'd be interested to see data on... Will going into game week 37 be the most transfer hits taken in any game week in FPL history? It, I know. I mean, to me, like a minus four is almost a given that, that yeah. I'm going to take this week. I mean, a minus eight, I wouldn't even like raise my eyebrows. Uh, minus 12. OK, now you're getting now, you're, <laughs> now, now. Now I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Minus 16. <laughs> that's more that's more your territory, Brandon. I'm not going minus 16. Would you would you consider a minus 16 this game week? Uh, I've definitely tinkered with a minus 16. I've messed yeah. around with a minus 16. I don't want to talk about <laughs> it, but, um, well, yeah, we actually got a, we have a question. I'll, I'll, I'll bump the question up and not just cause we like his, uh, his Twitter feed, but, um, Andy, let's talk FPL, uh, says, uh, for those that wildcarded in game week 32, that's you, Brandon, and likely have a lot of deadwood. That's you, Brandon, uh, Mares, <laughs> Vardy, William, Alonso, just, you're just teasing, but Mares, Var- Vardy, it's the, Vardy tra- the, the legendary Travis song, Driftwood, yeah, Driftwood, <laughs> that, that's, that's Mares. That's a great record. The whole record, <laughs> top to bottom is fantastic. Um, Var- William Alonzo Morgan, name a few, uh, is a big hit as a big points hit viable to get ready for game week 37. I'm talking minus 12 or minus 16. I love getting this question from Andy because anyone who listens to the Scoutcast know that Andy is a huge proponent of points hits. And, 
Um, I, I, I tend to be a more conservative manager, but uh, this is it. Game week 37 is a very big double. We have lots of teams firing. Man City and Spurs in particular have great fixtures for the double. It's all or nothing here. And I think we have a great question coming up from Jeff Petter about what are our goals. Think about what your goals are. And I'm guessing this is the time, this is the game week in which our goals will be achieved. So I I think points are big points hits are ready to go here. But those, I mean, those points, you know, the points that's due, I mean, those, you know, it's, God, I don't know when you turned into the aggressive one, and I'm the one, like, pledging a more conservative approach here, but, I mean, those points overall, that's due. Overall rank, dog. <laughs> that's what happens. That, I guess, that's I guess you're right. Is that what it is? You just want to hold on to what you've, oh, my God, I've just, like, explained the conservative, like, philosophy. Yeah, consolidation. Um, so, there, uh, yeah, and uh, listen, <laughs> not to not to scattershot this talking point, but there are managers out there that are consolidating, and then there are managers out there who need to make a big final push. Right. But, you know, obviously the, the, it requires – you're right. I mean, it's kind of like – you're right. You're sort of throwing yourself off the cliff, you know, and maybe 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 it works out, you know, and maybe maybe it doesn't. But if it doesn't work out, then it didn't really matter anyway. Sure. Right? Well, because, I mean, and I, I did exactly that this past week. I scored 31 points on throwing myself off the cliff by not making any transfers. Right. Um, right. And I thought, you know – it was it was on a on a whim that maybe the results magically went my way, but I think now we're uh, the now the shoes on the other foot. Yeah, I, I, you know I think um, yeah I guess I guess so yeah I mean it just I think anything more than a minus eight you you should really think about who you're dropping. I mean for some it's tricky. I mean someone like Mares you probably have to drop because of the um, we're gonna actually get the first thing we're gonna do in a second here is our on the beach rankings because I think it's when you're thinking about transfers it's really important to think about who just is not a team that doesn't care anymore. Um, you know, but someone like uh, Alonzo to me is he Deadwood or is it just is he just a or I mean, is he you know, a differential? Or is he a kind of a differential now too? He's so expensive, which is frustrating. But he does have you know two pretty decent fixtures over the double, so. Um, yeah, I mean, it, so it sort of depends on, you know, you know, I, I'd be reluctant to, to burn four on a player with a double game week, um, with the exception of a Mares type player, like someone who's just so off form. I mean, right. you know, Marcus Alonso is, has been threatening even, you know, whether it's players legs or, or the goal, you know, yeah. he's very, uh, right. very aggressive. Yeah. Um, well, here I am. I have, um, I have 11 players stomp on your team, the way he <laughs> stomped on. Who did he stomp on again? I actually forgot who it was. Oh, it was uh, Shane Long, of course. Shane Long, yeah. Who gets, <laughs> yeah, so he stomps on himself, more or less. Um, I have I have 11 double game weekers. I mean, I guess I only have 10 because two of them are two goalkeepers, and I don't have a bench boost, so I can't play both. I have 10 double game works, game weekers, and Mares. I'm considering burning to get out, burning points to get him out for another double game weeker. So I yeah. think... I think the stakes are high enough in 37, uh, and we have more questions, I think, in our lightning round about what to do in your various mini-leagues, depending on your strategy. You know, there there is some Deadwood out there that have doubles that need to get get um, tra- moved into somebody who can actually score points. Mares on the double, worth four, minus four to get Sterling on the double. I mean, that that's a no-brainer. 
Yeah, yeah, that's I, I mean, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. So um, Jeff Petter does say, what are your realistic end-of-season goals, be it overall rank, running particular mini-leagues or head-to-head leagues, et cetera? Um, you and I just both got bumped from our head-to-head leagues. Um, I, got, I, got, I ran head, <laughs> headlong into a, yeah. into a Harry Kane triple captain buzzsaw uh, <laughs> today yeah. uh, that knocked me out. But Yeah, that's I guess the, I, the yeah. funny thing about the playoffs, right, is a, a triple captain on Harry Kane might be seen as a bit of a miss this week. But yeah. if, if you're looking at an elimination head-to-head like we're in, it's, uh, it's uh, in game week 36, you lose your route and you're gone. And, and you could have beat Danny in the long run because he, he sort of quote-unquote wasted his triple captain on Kane, but you're gone. You know, he he got picked up a goal at least. You know, I mean, I I you know, I, another person in our mini league did a triple captain on Mo Salah. You know, um, yeah, right. And uh, that was something I at least kicked around as an idea. I mean, it'd really be, you know, I, I mean, what what makes me feel good is I do have I have two chips left. I have the triple captain and the all out attack chip. So in terms of overall rank, I, you know, I've clawed back you know a lot of what I you know dropped before. I mean, I'm I'm at seventy nine k, which is um, you know. Pretty reasonable place to be at this point in the season, uh, especially, you know, going into the double and Game Week 38 with two chips in hand. Yeah, don't listen um, to all these uh, all these sexy managers out there who think it's top 10K or bust. Let's be realistic here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I don't like – I'm not obsessed with overall rank in general anyway. It's just not something that um, – I mean, it's, it's like a, I think we talked about this before. It's like a nice measure of like overall strength, you know, and, and obviously if I was doing as well as like the general was, you know, and I was like playing for the top 500 or top 200 or whatever, like yeah. I would be, you know, that would be like, that would be my focus for sure. Um, that also probably means you're like a hundred points ahead in your own mini league, right? Um, sure. That's done know, and dusted at this point. <laughs> right. Um, but you know, for me, I, I, you know, it's like, I have like, I have like an outside chance of possibly finishing second in our, our personal league. Um, our personal league is pretty competitive and, uh, and then I've got the our top half cup anyway. the top half. Yeah. we got some ghost ship teams. Uh, so, you know, that's, I guess my goal is those cause I can win some actual money in yeah. those. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I am. Yeah. My, my soft target is I haven't finished outside the top 75 K in the last, um, the last five or six seasons we've played. So that... I don't want to. I'm at 114k right now. I slipped back from 74k with this terrible game week score. So I, I just want to maintain that steady um, overall rank, and and that's nothing to write home about. I understand. Like and nobody nobody brags about being top 75k, but uh, it's it's a it's a personal like um, bare minimum that I, that yeah. I want to be able to hit. If, if I were to have a goal sitting 114 K right now, heading into game week 37, it would be top 50 K. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, I'm just because I've got those two chips, I guess I, the top 25 K would be my like dream shot. I'm not even sure if that's realistic, but yeah, um, no, it totally is. I mean, I would, I would have had my sights set on top twenty-five k from last week when I was seventy-four k. Yeah, I think that's a bummer. I think yeah, on a well, he, on a well-played chip at the, just one well-played triple captain. Jamal Rice was talking about this at our meetup on Saturday, and um, he was he's still fighting for it, ranked thirty-four overall in the world, and he was saying just if he hits that triple captain just right, then he yep. can really make a push higher up the ranking. This is the time though to to really open things up if you're if you're sitting outside the the money spots and in your mini leagues or, or you know trying to tr- 
crack the top 10k or 5k or whatever so all right brandon we should get into more of the podcast here let's 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 run through the uh hail cheaters uh, super league top 10 real quick uh you've gone in and actually added some um added the overall ranks for uh for our top 10 so uh why don't you just read them off that way uh, by overall rank uh, as you go up the yes day. impressive stats here from the always cheating super league uh starting at 10th place jay logawood overall rank 427 in the world Ninth place is Nick Tudhope, overall rank 397. Eighth place, Jordan Pierce, 312 overall in the world. Seventh place, Stevie Sunshine, 226th. Sixth place in the Super League, it's Aaron Matheson, overall rank 178. Fifth place, Joe Stone, overall in the world 108. And in fourth place, moving into the top 100 in the world, Joshua, Graham Mm -hmm. McDonald, is ranked 72 in the world. Third place, Adrian Fake Revdal, 66 overall in the world. In second place, it's Jamal Rice, 34 overall rank. And in first place in the Always Cheating Super League, it's Prakar Patal, 25 in the world. Yep, it's uh, yeah, pretty tight there between Jamal and Prakar. Uh, so yeah, only, only five points uh, separate those two. Uh, in nine, spo- nine, nine spots overall in the world, which is uh, pretty remarkable. Brandon, let's take a break. Let's get back and let's figure out who's on the beach, who our triple captain should be, who our who our point should be burned for, and so on. I'm I'm guessing my triple captain should not be on one of those teams that's on the beach. Is that uh, a spoiler? Maybe, no, no, I don't think so. Same old podcast, always Brandon, we're back. Before we get any further, the World Cup is coming. Did you know this, Brandon? Are you aware that the World Cup is coming? In 2018, is this news to you? I read the paper. I read the paper. I know you read the paper. Okay, great. You know, a lot of people think that just because the United States has not made the World Cup, that uh, there's no excitement here about the World Cup, and they would be mostly they would be mostly correct to be to be totally fair. It's not like Fox Sports has gone from sending like 250 employees to Russia to now they're sending a. Three full-time broadcasters and two interns <laughs> to cover this. Event. Yeah, it's that's like pretty much what's happening, which is very, very depressing. But listen, I'm excited about the World Cup. We live in New York City. New York City has got to be the greatest city in in North America to watch the World Cup. Uh, actually, no, that's not true. I forgot about every city in Mexico. Uh, but let's say <laughs> in, in, in the United States, the, New York City is arguably the best place. But uh, just because it's such a melting pot, you have people from all over the world. Uh, you and I actually both moved to New York in, was it what, 2006, right? Well, 2000, um, we, we moved here in 2005 in preparation for how glorious <laughs> the, World, the Cup. Uh, World Cup was going to be in 2006. We wanted to get our feet wet before the World Cup started. Uh, but it was an amazing. It, it's it's such an incredible experience to to you know all the different cities and um, people are people from various countries you know celebrating. This is a very long preamble to tell you that this summer, uh, starting eleven is running World Cup Daily Fantasy. Uh, you know it's a great if you don't want to do a full league experience, but you still want to get that that juice, that excitement of playing daily fan or just playing fantasy. Yeah. Uh, starting eleven is is where you want to be. Um, starting eleven, starting eleven dot io. Uh, it's daily fantasy app. If you want to get your feet wet in the lead up to the World Cup, you should challenge Brent and I. We're available on starting eleven. Uh, you know the final two game weeks of the season. Uh, and you and I actually both played uh, several matches this weekend, did we not? Yeah, we did. It's been a while since we actually played each other, Josh. So um, I, in a in a week in which I'm staring down the barrel of a well below average game week score, it felt mm-hmm. good 
to have starting 11 happening on Saturday and making some live in-game substitutions. Uh, I think I brought in uh, Key Sun Young in this one. Yeah. In the Chelsea. We, we were both. Yeah, we were we were substituting left and right in that Chelsea game. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was such a crapshoot. Like, do you bring in Key? Do you bring in Tom Carroll? And uh, I managed to edge edge you out there. And uh, Andy Goodland actually challenged both of us, uh, uh, always cheating double header. And I managed to beat Andy, but Andy, you know, it just wasn't your Saturday for starting eleven, Josh. No, it wasn't. I, I went over three. I lost to you. I lost to Andy. I lost to um, uh, to Gibran Chata as well. So um, very, it was very sad. Yes, yeah. So you know, it's it's just fun, particularly with us having the meetup at Black Horse. We're hanging out. We've got our starting eleven apps open. We're talking about which in-game substitutions we're going to make as the game unfolds on the TV. It was a lot of fun and and a good distraction when. Uh, like like for me, as I said, FPL is not going your way. You can play starting 11 for cash in the UK, in Canada, and in uh, certain states in the United States. So just download the app today for your iOS or Android phone. Go to starting11, that's starting11.io for more information, or just go to your iOS or Android app store today. Brandon, game week thirty-seven is here. I can't believe there's only two game weeks left, and this is this is the biggest. This is the big one, right? And game week thirty-seven is you know it's like you know it's the climax. You know, game week thirty-eight is the denouement. Things are often usually decided. We already typically know which teams are going down, although that might not be the case this year. But you know, one thing I was thinking about there was a, a question that we got from FPL Joe who said. Uh, what clubs would you flag as on the beach and therefore have players we should avoid? Um, it's pretty important to, to kind of identify on the beach is one of those cliched terms like park the bus, which uh, the more you hear it, the more you want to like pull your hair out and just because like you just never want to hear it again the rest of your life. Yep. But, um, you know, basically which teams are um, just have nothing to play for. Right. They're not going yeah. down. Yeah. They're not they're not going to be playing in Europe next year. Uh, you know, maybe. The biggest thing that could happen is that they might roll out some younger players or something like that, you know, but it's there's just really nothing for them to play for. So um, you said that you've created a little bit of a uh, little ranking. Uh, yeah, system. I have a ranking system. And because, as you say, on the beach is a bit of a cliche at this point, I decided to create a unique um, on the beach term for every um, mid table side going into game week 37. So I'm starting okay. at Everton and I'm going all the way down to Brighton. So okay. um, let's just let's just say beforehand. So Man, Man City, Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea, even Arsenal to a degree, not on the beach. No, right? <laughs> have something to play for. Yeah, I mean Arsenal is is perhaps uh, on a jetty somewhere. It's it's hard to understand where <laughs> they are mentally, but it's right. it's not really on the beach. It seems right. to be raining wherever they are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, and at the bottom, obviously, are the relegation relegated teams, the teams that are in danger. Those those teams are not on the beach. Either. Yeah, I stopped at Brighton with thirty seven points on the board. You'd think that'd be enough. And, and West Ham, I have plenty to say about West Ham after their <laughs> um, very abstract performance against Manchester City over the weekend. But so um, Everton, I've classified as life has no meaning. They seem to play like a team, a, a bunch of a bunch of nihilists. Lester, yeah. Le- and yet they've won eight, eight from twelve. Weirdly, like they're yeah. now they're playing well. I don't really get that. It, it is a strange one. Leicester City, they're not on the beach. They're just 
they're just busily flipping through old scrapbooks. This seems like a team <laughs> where they've got a bunch of players who they, they kind of peaked uh, when they won the league a couple seasons ago. Now it's it's just mm-hmm. all for the memories. Yep. Newcastle, I feel like that's a team full of guys who are just saying, please don't send me to the military academy. There are guys that just sort of like lucked into a successful Premier League side um, after a really successful championship campaign. Yeah, losing two matches in six days, it both they were both one nil defeats, right? Yeah. Um, they were just they're absolutely toothless. Yeah, uh, and I I almost trusted Ayose Perez. Like I almost brought him in my team, and I would have been uh, yeah would have been kicking myself right now. Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace they're making up for lost time. They're not necessarily on the beach, so they're they're one that I would flag that uh, might be worth investing in. I mean, Zaha, Milivojevic, all all star players, um, except for yeah. when I brought in Zaha, my free hit. Bournemouth, these guys are too cool for school. Bournemouth players say, hey, guys, want to meet up at the quarry after uh, the last day of school? They don't care. They've been there. They've done that. They're going to see you next season. Dazed and confused for that. (laughs) Yes. 50-yard line party. Totally. Bournemouth is the dazed and confused club. Watford is, uh, um, what day is it? And also, <laughs> Josh, you, you, you rec- they don't know what day it is. And Josh, you recently saw Infinity Wars. I did. Yeah, War, no F. Infinity War. <laughs> um, my belief is that Doctor Strange actually conjured about 20 extra league points for Watford out of thin air. We're, we were talking about this before yeah. we started recording. Use the time stone. <laughs> yep, exactly. And then uh, Brighton, they're not on the beach. They're just out here apologizing to all their Premier League fans. Sorry, we're not very good. We swear we deserve this. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not been fun for Brighton. It's amazing that they're, like, probably safe. I mean, they have three draws and two losses. I mean, it's almost it's almost more interesting if you just lose most of those games. You know, just all those draws, just these toothless nil-nil draws. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess from there on down, you've got teams that have a lot to play for, right? My prediction, by the way, is that Huddersfield is one of the three teams that goes down. Yeah, I, I could see that based on this weekend's performances from Southampton – in particular, it looks like they 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 could conceivably spin that win into some momentum. Yeah, I, I do fear for Huddersfield. Yeah. They have a is there is there double their game? Is that the worst double game week of all time? Yeah. A way to Man City and a way to Chelsea in game week thirty seven. Yeah, it's true. Going into thirty eight, they could easily just they could easily be in the bottom three. I mean, do you think Stoke City could overtake Huddersfield going into the final day of the season? I think so. Although the team that I think they, the, the team that I think survives is probably um, Southampton. I think that um, I think Southampton pick up enough points. I mean, they're only three back of uh, of Huddersfield. Um, you know, I, I just and their and their fixtures are a little. I mean, Huddersfield and then they play Arsenal. Huddersfield game yeah. thirty eight. Southampton have some reasonable fixtures. Stoke to me, they're just too far down. I mean, yeah, it's true. You know, they the only have is, two games left. They don't have a double, so they would have to win yeah. in thirty seven and thirty eight just to overtake Huddersfield. Yeah, exactly. And Stoke play, um, they play Crystal Palace at home and Swansea away. I mean, those are not the most difficult fixtures in the world. So it just do you do you look at that Stoke team and see a team that's going to pick up six points from anybody? You know, they just there's just nothing. You got to You got to show me Jeff Cameron on the pitch uh, if you want any any hope of winning. 
I don't want Stoke to go down, but it's just like it's like Fulham, you know, it's like Fulham needed to like come down and like rebuild themselves a little bit. You know, they need to like that team is is young and exciting now. And I feel like Fulham, like Stoke is just playing Peter Crouch too much, man. <laughs> like a team that's playing that much Peter Crouch is just not a team that is like doing a lot of long term planning. You know, I, I, or I don't want to anyway. argue this, but I do want to state for the record that uh, I am offended by you comparing Stoke City to Fulham. So just. Watch, watch yourself. Tread carefully there. Old, do you remember when Fulham went down? They were like twenty. Like they, they, they like the season they got relegated. They scored like yeah, but they got relegated playing champagne football. They had Berbatov. They had uh, they had Abdel Tarap. That (laughs) came thirty-seven year old Berbatov. (laughs) All right, (laughs) Abdel (laughs) Tarap. Well, I'm not saying it was good champagne. It was it was like the the cheapest like sparkling wine you could possibly buy. But uh, they didn't. They certainly weren't playing. Charlie Adam and Peter Crouch. All right. Well, I hope I hope this has been useful for you guys. <laughs> this is um, great FBL the, content. Be on the beach rankings. So basically, of those teams in that middle tier, um, I would probably you know Leicester is an obvious candidate for like just a, like a team you want to avoid. Newcastle, Watford. Um, you know, Arsenal. I probably want to avoid just because of all the messiness there. Although maybe a little different once uh, once they lose to Atletico Madrid on Thursday. Um, I mean, you know, they might win, but it's I'm not. I'm such a d- depressive Arsenal fan. But them, them conceding that goal late uh, in the Europa League was just, it pour- just it, yeah, it was an omen. Yeah, it was it just depressed the hell out of me. Um, just like in that classic, like of course, like the ball ricochets off Koscielny's face into the path of um. <laughs> Um, and what's his Griezmann. name? Uh, like a Griezmann, yeah. Um, and then Everton is a team that I would probably avoid from an attacking perspective, but um, their defense has picked it up a little bit. Two clean sheets in a row now. So, um, you know, you're not going to bring anyone from Everton in um, just because they only have two fixtures left. You might as well look at a double game week player. But, um, and also their defenders are not that cheap anyway. Like there's no yeah, like t- enablers on there. Like, like there were like 10 weeks ago when you had Martina and uh, – um, and others. John Joe Kenny. Thank you. Yeah, w- I w- I don't think we want to talk about talk outside of both sides of our mouths though. We're just if we're looking at Southampton as maybe a team that uh, could um, dig themselves out, they are playing Everton in game week thirty seven. Do you worry about the clean sheet wipeout against a a really hungry Southampton team? Uh, sure, but not enough to burn four to drop an Everton player, which yeah. I feel like is kind of what. Okay, like 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 you were saying earlier, like Mares probably even though he's got the double and their fixtures are actually not bad, um, probably still bur- worth burning four to, to drop him because because um, he's just not doing anything, you know. And it's like, can you it, imagine just, how good yeah. my life would be if Mares actually did something, anything over the last month? I know. Isn't that the worst when you almost burn four for somebody? It's like, and like it would have worked out, and then you're like still stuck with them, and you're like, I could have, like, he's like, can I just reverse time? Like, I, I could have just burned four and been done with it, you know? So, yeah. Anyway, um, so, all right, we've got a few questions here, Brandon. Shall we get into the questions? Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Jim Payne says, and these are these are the big questions. We've got we I broke this up into two categories. One is the big triple captain bench boost type questions. The other the, the other category are a little more specific. So for the big questions, Jim Payne says several options for the triple captain this game week. Who is the most worthy? Yeah, uh, right now my top pick would actually be Raheem Sterling. Um, yeah, Sterling yeah. is interesting uh, over Kane then. Yeah. You're, really, you're really on the fence about this Harry Kane thing. 
Well, you know, I'll I'll be honest. It's it's definitely colored by the fact that I didn't bring in Kane this week, and uh, it's so it's so tricky. It's past performance with Harry Kane, and even in this uh, game today against Watford, you know, the headlines will be the chances that Harry Kane missed. Harry Kane just hasn't looked like his former self, and um, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Well, Harry Kane's not going to do it in the double." I think he's still a pretty safe triple captain bet because if anyone's taking chances in the box, it's Harry Kane. They have great matchups. It's a double. He's looking for that golden boot. All everything any you hear on any podcast or Twitter feed. That's fine. I I don't disagree. But if you're looking at points potential and points ceiling, Man City has just crushed Spurs over the last month. I would I would look at Sterling, Sané, and Silva for triple captains on a double over what Harry about Jesus? Kane. Uh, well, Jesus, I, I would put in the exact same category as Harry Kane. Jesus is two goals and two right now, but that's two goals and two with a missed penalty and in a team that scores five goals and then four goals that's nine goals their striker only has two of them now only having two that's that's great but if you're talking about a triple captain i don't think that's enough when sterling is bagging goals and hatfuls of assists that's Uh, interesting because i i think i would actually I i would push back on you a little bit there because i i actually think jesus is is one of the more compelling triple captain options uh, for the final, for, for for a couple of different reasons. I mean, one of which is that you know they really don't have a striker besides him. Um, because of his injury, he missed a ton of time, so it's not like he's exhausted and needs to be rested for the World Cup or anything like that. Um, I mean, he you know he was he was coming off the bench as, as recently as game week thirty three. You know, you look at Jesus' returns. You know, he's got actually has three goals in uh, his last three matches, and uh, has picked up two assists in those matches as well. Um, you know, the uh, the game where he missed the penalty, obviously that was that cost him bonus points, but you know, he still picked up a goal and assist in that game. Um, and you know, he just he was re- you know, he had he had these knee injuries early on in the season. Um, you know, so he doesn't have a t- like a lot of tread on the tires. Uh, he was uh, came off the bench as recently as game week thirty three. So um, you know, I really think there's a chance they just ride him throughout the rest of the season. Um, I am, and there, you know, I'm I'm actually very seriously considering Jesus as an option. I mean. Okay, like there's the there's the rotation caveat here. That applies to every single player on Manchester City. There's no I you know, even maybe David Silva is actually a player who's a little less likely to be rotated just cuz he, you know, he he went home for a week um and assuming that we find out this week that he's back with the squad, I think there's a pretty good chance he plays the final 3 weeks of the season. Um but other than that, I'm not really um I'm, I, you just can't, you know, I mean, but but does the rotation thing make you, does it worry you enough to not go with someone like Sterling? I mean, it sounds like it doesn't in your case. No. And uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything you said about Jesus, but still I would point to the fact that he has only scored two. I mean, he's missed, you know, a fair amount of the season, as you mentioned, but he's only scored two braces in a high flying team like Manchester City. I'm not taking away from how good he is or his assuredness of of playing time, but of the players in Manchester City, he is not scoring all the FPL points. So okay, what about any off the radar targets? I mean, um, what are you going to do with Aubameyang? Does he stay in your your team? Yeah, um, 
Aubameyang is low on my priority list. Aubameyang goes if if Kane comes in. Then it's simple as that. So that's really going to be the decision that makes or breaks my season, I think, is if I and I I can feel all of the people listening to this podcast laughing at me. Like uh, Well, what about Lukaku? I mean, you've got Lukaku in your squad right now too, and he's probably Lukaku's gone. Lukaku is absolutely gone. Um I mean, we don't know a whole lot about his injury, but uh, Jose Mourinho said something very cryptic after the match in terms of um, uh, Rom is willing to play through minor, minor niggles. He's never bothered by any of that, but I know when he requests treatment or requests to come off that it's serious. Now, that doesn't like mean right away that, well, it's serious. They're going to have to cut his foot off. But um, I'm sure right now what he has to play for, what Lukaku has to play for, is the FA Cup final and, of course, the World Cup. So going going back to um, what I was saying about Jesus, is there, the re- returns that Lukaku is was giving me is crap. You know, it's it's his standard one goal a game at best. So mm-hmm. I don't need him. He's surplus to requirements. He's almost definitely making way for Jesus at this point. So Lukaku okay. to Jesus for me is um, pretty much a done deal. The question then is, is it worth a bombing to Kane? And I think that's that's a really, for me, it's really tricky given that I'm considering burning a lot of points elsewhere in my squad. You want to talk about other triple captain options uh, it's a long shot, but Christian Eriksen, I think, is an interesting candidate. I mean, he, sure. he, uh, he doesn't score. He, he scores at best as many goals as a Lukaku or a Jesus. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could throw my argument back in my face, but um, he's on so many what set, about a, set pieces. What, and, about a, what about a Van Lepara or a, um, a Wes Morgan? Are these names that you're not, you're not thinking about? Oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. I've thought about Wes Morgan. I've, I've thought about all the things I would do to Wes Morgan if I was alone with him in a room. <laughs> <laughs> what, about, what about Hog? I mean, are you considering Hog? Big time, uh, Hog. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's there's, there's definitely <laughs> options. I mean, Hog, Hog more than anyone, sure. Yeah. But, you know, lots of different We options. don't need to belabor the triple captain point, right? It's either Kane, it's either Kane or uh, your pick of Man City options. Yeah, I, I okay, yes. To a, to a degree. But, I mean, if we want to be, if, 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 I'm, if I were in, you know, fifth place in my mini league right now and... I really wanted to be different. And I let's say I was like 30 points back or something like that, you know, with two weeks to go and I had a triple captainship. I would very seriously consider someone like Aubameyang. And there's got to be listeners of this podcast right now who are in that position where they just can't go with any of them. You, you almost want – if you really want to come back, you almost want to pick a player that no one's even going to have in their team, you know. And so Aubameyang is a player who I – if you're in fifth place, there's a good chance that teams one through four don't even have – Aubameyang in their squad, right? Or they're planning to drop him, uh, you know, um, to bring in someone like Kane this week, or they already did that. So, um, you know, to me, he really stands out. I think the Erickson option is really interesting, too. Um, I don't think there's really anyone else in Man, in Man United I consider. I mean, you know, Alexis Sanchez is just too um, just too scary of a prospect. You know, you just <laughs> never know what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, and there's really no one in Man United, including their defender. They've just given up too many sloppy goals late to, to consider... Uh, 
a cheeky, you know, David De Gea captain. Brandon flashes like back to the moment where Lukaku puts a peach of a cross to Alexis Sanchez. Narrative already written. Alexis Sanchez scores against former team Arsenal. Hector Bellerin with one of that's got to be like top 10 goal goal clearances, uh, reactionary goal clearances you've seen. I mean, at least in the last 10 years. Yeah, uh, to- uh, totally uh, robs yeah. me of my his Barcelona audition tape. Uh, my my cheeky captain punt on Lukaku. Uh, I I could have I could have slept that night if I had gotten an assist <laughs> from Lukaku. <laughs> um, yeah, that was uh, that was that was that was. I I felt bad for you when I saw he got subbed. I I felt bad for you. I was actually at my daughter's soccer practice when that was happening, but um, I I did watch the highlights later. That was that was painful, brutal. Um, all right, so some more questions here. Um, Frankie the Gent says, um, I have triple captain and bench boost left, and I currently have 12 double game weekers. What's my best two-week strategy? To me, the answer is easy, Brandon. Um, and I agree. I, I, think, I think we're going to say the exact same thing. Yeah, which is um, you've got a bench boost in game week 37, and then you triple captain Mo Salah in game week 38. Yep. Easy yep. peasy. Right. I mean, the only – you could look at, you know, Harry Kane – um, home to Leicester in 38 is also a, a very reasonable triple captain option. But um, I think Mo Salah is the, is the pick there. Yeah, at home to Brighton for Salah in 38, it's going to be a uh, yeah, Salah party. Yeah, the only caveat there is uh, if Brighton somehow gets you know dragged back into the relegation fight, that could be a game where Brighton need like a point to stay up. Yeah. You know, And if that were the case, I might change things a little bit, but... As it stands right now, I mean they're five points clear. So, um, and they have um, they have a double game week fixture as well. So, yeah, we, we haven't talked about all the Brighton players you could you could triple captain Brandon. I mean, there's there's just a t- it's a shame this is only a five hour podcast because we could really go through a lot of different a lot of different options here. Hey, do we have any more questions? Jabron <laughs> uh, Chata says. Um, Came is prime for an armband avalanche and is a high ceiling for game weeks 37, but are we missing a trick by not backing Sterling for captaincy instead? Brandon, this is why I should read the running order before we start to <laughs> talk about this stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think I think Sterling, very reasonable. He's he's in my top three that I'm considering uh, for, my, for yeah. my captaincy. I think uh, Sterling, Jesus, and, and Kane are the three that I'm, I'm kicking around right now. He's just such a compelling player, Raheem Sterling. Throughout the entire season, he... His ability <sighs> to create space for himself is amazing. Okay, and, there is yeah. creating space, and then there's what we saw against West Ham, in which they were doing some avant-garde style, like, we're just not going to play defense, uh, <laughs> whatever yeah. they were doing. But Sterling, I, yeah, I, I do agree. He finds himself in so much space all the time, and he... Uh, his his ability to put the cross in, he's missed a fair amount yeah. of finishes, but he. So, but yeah, but that's just part of the. That's you know, Salah's missed a lot too. I mean, you know, part of part of you know, it's like you know, you can say like, oh, well, he he creates a lot. Of, he has a lot of space because, um, you know, because Man City's so talented and they draw a lot of defensive attention. But not everyone can do that, you know, like not like not everyone has his like has the kind of speed and anticipation to to create that. Kind. I mean, the the amount of times when he is like. Three feet in front of goal, and there's no defender within like two feet of him. Have you, you know? seen? He, have you seen? How many times have you seen Romelu Lukaku in that position this season? 
blow it like like get the ball and kick it like right into the goalkeeper's but hands he's, I'm, my point is he 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 your your point is that it's hard to find that kind of space and i think that's what lukaku struggle, struggles with is his ability to find that space yeah service hasn't been all that great to him this season but he's just standing on the last defender and letting the game come to him he's just a guy standing in front of a goal Asking it to let him score. And uh, all right. So uh, Rishi, Rishi, uh, Richie says, uh, <laughs> is, is Hazard a good option uh, slash differential for the last two game weeks? Oh, God, we haven't even talked about him, have we? Boo, I, I'm starting to like, Hazard, oh, my stomach's boo. hurting just thinking about him, <laughs> thinking about how much I hate him. Uh, not on a personal level. He seems like an interesting guy, kind of smart, actually. But uh, just what he does as a fantasy player, just I mean, Chelsea, home to Liverpool, home to Huddersfield. Liverpool probably concede a goal or two in this game. Huddersfield will almost certainly concede a couple of goals. Let's say there's five goals total across those two home fixtures for Chelsea in game week 37. You got to figure Hazard's going to score and a score one and assist one at the very least. Right. So you're looking at you know, possibly 12 or 13 points right there. It's possible. <laughs> we people have tried That's to predict <laughs> people have tried to predict what Hazard has, has is going to do for a long time. Right. And uh I I I would much rather if you're going to go Chelsea, I would much rather go Chelsea defense. Yeah, although they've been so disappointing until that Swansea match. I mean, it was crazy that that was the game when they like when they finally put a team that really needed it. They just couldn't. Um, they couldn't score. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, and, and this Liverpool Chelsea game, uh-huh. and I think that that yeah, turn yeah, happens when Chelsea score. says they could actually make the top four. Uh, right. It's it's just, it's an oddly motivated team. Uh, I think it's gonna. I'm excited for this Chelsea Liverpool game. Yeah, although they really can't do it, can they? I mean, they're what six back of Liverpool, five back of Spurs, but both teams have games at hand. I, I don't know that Chelsea can do it, but I guess you're right. It's still close enough that they could they could maybe do it. It's still it's still in the realm of possibility. Yeah. No. I mean, if yeah, it's within the realm of possibility. Interesting. I mean, uh, if they d- if they beat Liverpool and then win their and then they have a game in hand, Chelsea that is, they could mm-hmm. be tied on points with Liverpool going into the last. Uh, well, yeah, that's know. true. It's 20-goal goal difference, though. I mean, they're never going to make that up. Yeah. Um, all right, next question comes from uh, Deidre Kane. She says, best defenders for the remaining games if money is no object. God, can you imagine a world, Brandon, where money was no? It sounds like heaven to me. City, <laughs> City and Spurs fixtures look great. Uh, snobbery would be over. It you know, would just be a whole different world, Brandon. Absolutely. City and Spurs fixtures look great, but is rotation an issue? There'd still be snobbery, though, based on uh, which defenders you brought in for your for your final stretch. No, I just um, mean the world, the, <laughs> the world itself, man. Yeah, um, I'm kind Imagine of... Imagine all the people... No, come on, Brennan, sorry. I'm, I'm going to take a pass on Manchester City defense because you, you just need to be heavily invested in their attacking assets. And of all the rotation threats, I think we've seen their defense is really subject recently. So for me, the defenders are Vertonghen and Davison Sanchez, top of my list, mm-hmm. and Chris Smalling. He's he survived that uh, weird rotation in Manchester United's back line. Yeah, I and, love I love Smalling. Yeah, Smalling to me is is the like uh, the the premium defender I would most want to bring in if I were bringing in a premium defender. Yeah. 
Um, and Chelsea, I think they're, they have the double and they have pretty decent fixtures. And Cesar Aspilicueta, he's that is a money no money is no object pick. Yeah, yeah. I had Aspilicueta for the last double, and uh, I was pretty disappointed in my returns. I, I have to not let recency bias affect me a little bit there. It's hard for me to root for Chelsea. First of all, they're going to concede a goal to Liverpool for sure. Um, but that Huddersfield game is probably a clean sheet, so... Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think you're looking at least one clean sheet in those two matches. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd stay away from all the Man City players. Too many rotation risks, and Kyle yeah, Walker's a little too expensive. Maybe Oda Mendy, if he's, because he's back, and yeah, maybe he's missed a fair amount of games. But, but uh, you know, Oda Mendy put in some horrendous tackles against West Ham. And, uh, yeah. I think you look bad. Yeah, I I mean lower down the rung. Um I mean there's no one I actually have Mustafi and I'm going to roll with him but God knows if he's even going to play, you know. It's kind of you know, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um obviously, you know, Lester, I I actually have a lot of a lot of my double game week defenders are players that looked a lot better like 5 weeks ago. Uh you know, I've got Ben Chilwell as well and you know, we'll see if I can get a clean sheet maybe in that West Ham game. Um and yeah, Newcastle. I mean, they're away in both their fixtures. They're they're as we said before, they're on the beach. So um, I'd be worried about them. Maybe someone like Lasalle's just if you needed money, you know, if you needed like an enabler. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and Spurs and and yeah, Southampton. Um, that's kind of another stay away, right? Just two away fixtures, and I, I think they'll concede goals in both those games. I'd be interested in a Bertrand. From Southampton again, money no object. Right. A double with Everton and Swansea from a hungry Southampton. I yeah, if you pick an assist and a clean sheet out of those two matches, I think that's very feasible for a guy like Ryan Bertrand. So it's an interesting outside shot. All right, uh, last question in this section: Bales double zero says, "What to do with William?" Can you remind me who Willian is, Joshua? <laughs> Willian is a very disappointing player that a lot of people have had in their squad for a long time because of his affordability. Yeah. Uh, and a player who did not play in a, a plum Swansea fixture. <laughs> that should have been his goal, not Fabregas's goal. Yeah. If uh, Bales 0-0, if you do not have any of these great players that we have been talking about earlier in your midfield, dump uh, Willian. Uh, I don't. I mean, yeah, I mean two, two, four, zero, and one in his last five yeah. matches. You know, you're not getting great returns from William right now. He's just not a like a he's an enabler type. Pl- I mean, like like an enabler. Like I mean, like on the pitch itself. Like he he, he you know is capable of some free kick goals, and he can certainly you know he has these amazing games where he pulls it all together and gets like 15 points. But you know, in general, he's just not really. He's he's sort of facilitating the attack. He's not like the the primary goal scorer. Yeah, I'd, I'd so much rather have a guy like Arnatovic than Willian. I mean, even though totally um, yes, West, out of position forward. Yeah, yeah, right. And and somebody who's shown consistency in attacking returns, FPL wise. Yeah, I actually like you know Arnatovic is not a bad shout for. The, I know he's blank the last two, but you know away to Leicester that that first fixture for him in particular, yeah. I really like him for that game. And his ownership is also crazy low, like. For a guy who gets talked about as much as he gets talked about in the sort of, you know, social media sphere for the fantasy game, um, I think he's still – let me just pull him up here. I think he's uh, – his ownership is 6.3%, right? Like nobody has him. So um, he's definitely a player to, to look at if you're looking for kind of a, 
under the radar player who might bring some big returns, you know, and the um, even even their their more difficult game with Man United is a home match for them. So um, certainly a chance. I mean, he was threatening in the last couple as well and just didn't quite didn't quite do it. Yeah, if a guy like Mikatarian coming back from a, a blown out <laughs> knee can score, can just roll the ball into the net, then then why not Arnatovic? All right, Brad, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to lightning round some listener dilemmas. Ah, uh, dilemmas. I have a few. Let's go. <laughs> and we're back, listener dilemmas. All right, you want to read off the first one here, Brennan? First dilemma comes from Josh Clem, who says, Tips on fending off mini-league ri- rivals. Take one to two hits to match potential big haulers, e.g. Jesus Sterling. So Josh is suggesting he doesn't have uh, guys like Jesus Sterling. Should he take hits just to cover his mini-league rival? Um, yes. Um, I mean, if you can get Jesus and Sterling with on a, on a minus four, um, you have to do that. That is absolutely the only move you should be making this week. Um, because if you're in first place and you don't have those two players, then the rest of your squad must be pretty solid. Um, so I would definitely uh, do that. Yeah, I agree. It's all about if you're in the if you're in the lead, it's all about consolidating. And if you're behind, it's all about just playing freaky mind games. Yeah, exactly. God, you really do sound like me this week. Michael Heinberg <laughs> says, are there any essential defenders worth five to six million? Uh, essential I think we, is the pivot point here. Yeah. Um, I mean, essential defenders, I just don't believe there are any truly essential defenders. Yeah. One, just, man, yeah. one man United defender, maybe, right? Maybe one. Just sure, yeah. If you don't have David De Gea, then then for sure. I Spurs have been so problematic throughout the entire season, but I just have a good feeling about Spurs in 37 and 38. I think that would be where I would look if you're looking for a top-tier clean sheet shout with, okay. with, with, with Vertonghen or Sanchez. Eric Medbo, longtime listener and a Patreon supporter, says, which of these players are worth a hit to replace? All right, ready, Brian? I'm just going to do this rapid fire. You just say yes or no. Don't even give okay. me an explanation. Okay. Yep. Mares. Yes. William. Yes. Murray. Yes. Barnes. Yes. Gross. Yes. That's a minus 20, Brandon. My God. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. All right, Eric. It's like having a wild card, except it's going to cost you a ton of points. Yeah, it's going to cost you. <laughs> I mean, the only one there that, that maybe you ride with um, is is Pascal Gross, just on the fact that I don't see a lot of like-for-like replacements for him. At $6 yeah. million, I think he costs. Um, there's going to actually. Ashley Bucky Barnes, no, no interest, no interest. No, in don't him. we have a, a we? I think we have a question about Bur- uh, No, we we had a uh, question from Tom Campbell on Twitter. Actually, asked um, uh, how many Burnley players are are too many Burnley players at this stage. I have three, and uh, yeah, I'd be. I'm looking to get rid of them. Them not having a double. Um, I'm just sort of the the romance is over with Burnley at this point. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can uh, yeah, if you can bench Ashley Barnes, if you can bench him and save him for game week thirty eight at home against a terrible Bournemouth defense, then that's intriguing. Here's, 
Here's the, the the one the thing about Barnes though I will say is first of all Arsenal could definitely concede especially you know they play on Thursday, um, you know and so it's a it's a pretty short turnaround for that that Burnley fixture. Um, I'm not sure there's a, a cheap third striker that's worth burning four for. Um, I'm not even sure this is a question that anybody asked us, but I mean you know just looking through all of the doubles, I mean you know the the candidates we're looking at are you know you got Brighton who played Man United and City, so that's totally off the table. Um, Huddersfield also really bad. Um, what about possibly Jordan Ayew? Man U- yeah, so Jordan Ayew is the, is the is the only contender, but I just don't know that I completely trust him to to even get. You know, let's say that let's say that Barnes just gets he just blanks, right? So you're going to need six points across two fixtures from IU. Yeah, I'm not. That, that's just a break even. Um, I'm not 100 percent sure you're going to get that. I mean, I could I could yeah. see him blanking in both those fixtures. He's just, he's that, just not that's that fair. Good. Uh, yeah, I will not argue with that. Were you going to suggest Marcus Rashford? Well, just I'm going to throw it out there as a possible. You uh-huh. know, it just depends on where Lukaku is. What we find out, but I mean, we think Rashford probably starts, right? If Lukaku doesn't uh, doesn't play, yeah, I think he does. Yeah, so talk about under the radar. You know, seven point three million. So he's not. You'd have to find some money. It's not like a. It's not a super easy swap. Um, that's yeah. about two million more than than Barnes. But um, you know, six point four percent ownership. Um, you know, hasn't scored since game week 30. So it's it's been a while, but, um, you know, it's a real change. I mean, it's, he basically slotted yeah. right in, you know, when Lukaku was out, so. Yeah, and, and then he didn't score. And I uh, Man United's attack is just a little too dysfunctional for me to want to try and maneuver to to play that attack yeah. when you could be saving more money. I'd rather br- either keep dead weight like Ashley Barnes and bench him and put that money into your midfield or into Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to trying to find more money just to play Marcus Rashford. Yeah, I would stay away from Jose Perez. Okay, actually, you know, one thing we didn't talk about earlier, this isn't this is more of a mid-tier striker, but even though I think it was worthwhile to drop to spend four to drop Marez, I would not be dropping Vardy for four if you were on my team. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean the the double is very compelling when it comes to him, and if right, yeah, eight and twelve from Vardy, seventeen goals in the season, fairly affordable at eight point nine million, although a little pricier than you'd want maybe for, um, for that team kind of being on the beach already. I don't know that I I wouldn't transfer in Vardy, but um, I would not be taking him out either if he was on my team. Well, what if you're okay? Let me hypothetical situation if you have. Um, Vardy up front and Pascal Gross, but you don't have a Man City midfielder. Right. So Vardy to IU, Gross to Sterling. Is that, that's the, yeah, Yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's kind of close, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Vardy's home for both of those matches. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, I just dropping Vardy before two home matches. Um, I just think that's that's very risky. I mean, they're going to score. It, they're going to score in that West Ham game for sure. And they're probably going to score in that Arsenal game as well. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But Mares, I mean, you know, it's just the way that team's working right now. I mean, I've, I've watched a fair number of Leicester games um, for someone who's who's just kind of a. I, I like Lester, you know, but um, the way that they've no been, one doubted that, <laughs> right? But the way they've been working people in and out of that squad, I mean, it's it's not clear who the primary provider is right now. You know, it's, yeah, it feels like it's right. really been they've mixed up and weird substitution patterns. Or players play fifty five minutes, and yeah, yeah. All right, next question comes from Steve Hagen with Jesus and Sterling in the squad. Who should be the third city player? Is it KDB, David Silva, or Sane, or other? 
So this, I think, is the million-dollar question going into the double is who is the differential Manchester City midfielder that's going to pay off? Is it De Bruyne, the sometimes deep-lying playmaker? Mm-hmm. Is it David Silva, the when he plays, he's fire? Or is it Sané, who is when he plays, he's occasionally fire? <laughs> Uh, I think it's Silva, assuming that Silva is back with the team. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know if he's just out for the rest of the season or if it was just a one-week rest. It's probably City fans who, who are screaming at me right now who know this. Well, he's, he's, I'm just not sure what the deal is there. He's almost sure to play in that Brighton match because that's the match in which they'll have the trophy ceremony mm-hmm. because it's the last home match for them of the season. So I think they'll roll out all the classics. Uh, for that match. Yeah, I think you're probably right. So in that case, I, I like him the best. He's also the, I think he's the cheapest, right? Yeah, he's 8.3 compared to uh, Sterling, who's, I think, at... Uh, Nine. When the, yeah, 9.1, I think, when this... He's he's due to rise while we're recording here. Okay. So I think, yeah. Yeah, 7.1. Sané's 8.6, so... Um, you know, and you could put Silva's returns up there with both those guys. I mean, nine goals and 11 assists on the season. Um, yeah. You know, Sané's on 10 and 12. So, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty um, comparable returns there. You want to say it's a true gamble picking between any of these three players. And I think that's why David Silva comes ahead is because he's been the most consistent player in terms of returns when he plays. Yeah. I, I may actually only have uh, two two players from City. Um, mm-hmm. In the end, just the way my team is shaping up, I, I, you know, I might. There's a chance that I bring in someone like, wait. So what's what's the deal with Kyle Walker? Is he actually like? Is he out for sure? Um, I know there was some debate about this earlier. I probably would just stay away. And you know, Danilo, I just don't trust. I don't think Pep trusts Danilo, and so the yeah. you know, the idea that Danilo is going to play two games in a row in any game week is just laughable. Yeah. And then I'm looking at Otamendi who. I've been down that road before, and I just I don't see it. So I think with the yeah. World Cup coming up, Kyle Walker is not going to risk a groin injury. So if even if it's not that serious, I would I would assume he plays it at one of the games in the double at most. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple more questions to go. Podweller says thoughts on Sanchez. I think we both feel the same way. Yeah, we talked about that earlier. It's um, even though game week 37 is where you need to, a lot of us need to take a risk, that's a risk too far. It's too much money. Yeah, exactly. That could just blow up in your face and, and, and screw up your whole your whole team structure at the same time. Uh, yeah, he really hasn't done anything to warrant it either. No, so. no. We'll, we'll see about next year. You know, next year I think he could really be a, a big part of that team. I mean, you know, he's, he's going to play like every minute next year and he'll have the yeah. whole summer to to integrate with Lukaku and Pogba. Uh, Kevin Ryan says, Salah and Firmino out for Sterling and Jesus. Uh, seems a no-brainer with some risk of rotation and will block a mini-league rival. Now, we haven't talked about Salah very much in this podcast. I don't really like dropping him. Um, I will. Yeah. I, I could. Um, but I would not I would not drop Salah without a plan to bring him back for game week 38. If they had a tough, weird away fixture in game week 38, I think I'd drop Salah in a heartbeat at this point. But with a tantalizing home fixture and lots of records yet to be set, uh, yeah, I, I think you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the nerve to drop him. Yeah, yeah, I, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, let's see how this game match goes at midweek. Let's see. Well, okay, so here. Yeah. 
here's the question that Kevin is actually asking, though. Are you willing to forsake returns in game week 38 just to block your arrival in 37 and win? No, what I'm saying... Win your mini league. What I'm saying is you... Okay, you're right. I mean, in, the, in this particular situation, it's going to be a little bit different. In, in fact, I actually think it still might be the right move. Um, I mean, how much? How many points are you possibly going to get from Salah and gaming? I don't know. I mean, eh, it's tricky. As long as you don't mind burning four to bring Salah back in gaming thirty eight. I mean, if you know, I mean, if you're up twenty points in gaming thirty eight, oh, you might as well hokey cokey with Salah and Sterling. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, because I think that there's a way to to make those moves that doesn't gobble up all of. And the problem is, you know, Salah is the most expensive midfielder, uh, maybe next to. Actually, he's like third. Sanchez, right? Sanchez, and and, and uh, Hazard, Hazard possibly. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe Salah is more expensive than Hazard now. Um. But if you were to make those moves and you left enough money to bring Salah in without burning points, um. Let's say you went Salah to Sterling, and you just left one point five million in your bank or whatever, or maybe you. You know, every other move you made, you also freed up off enough money that you could just make one move back to Salah. Yeah. Then I think that that would work out. I think that would be okay. Right. Yeah. And maybe you're overthinking it to try and block both Sterling and Jesus. Maybe you block Sterling and then come up with a differential to cover Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I would like to have a third. I, I've at least thought about that the Salah idea. I I would like to have a third city midfielder, p- possibly just for coverage, because I'm concerned about not all of them starting every match. And but some combination of all these great players will play in all of these, you know. And so it's like I just want to have lots of, I just want I just want to finger in a lot of those goals, you know, or whatever. Um, okay, that sounded, that sounded gross. Um, I always get a little gross at the end of these podcasts. Uh, Absolutely, Swans- a little Pascal Swans- gross. <laughs> Swansea defenders or attackers for game week thirty-seven? That's from Bilal Faraday. Yeah, I think I might. Uh, based on what we were saying about Jordan Ayew, which I think um, he's the pick for attackers. He's cheap, but I do share your concern, Josh. That is. Swansea's not great in attack, and they're not guaranteed attacking output by any means, even though they're fighting for survival. So, uh, uh, Danny, if you're listening, you'll appreciate this. I think Alfie Mawson is the way to go if you can't afford Mawson. <laughs> Kyle Naughton. Yeah. Uh, I, I just yep. like, I think they're going to stave off relegation first with the defense. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd prefer to go that route. One last question, Brandon, comes from Sadat, longtime uh, question asker on the podcast. He says, suggestions for some under 7.5 million midfielders for game week 37, even non-double game week players will do. He just loves cheap midfielders. He just loves them. He <laughs> loves to bring them all in. <laughs> bring them all in. Uh, yeah, we, we already talked about Arnatovich. I think he's the one. Uh, Zaha... I just really need to come to personal terms with Wilfred Zaha. I have, I have a lot of angst toward him, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, I, I don't really understand why. Is it because uh, he dives too much or something, or what is? What I is watch, that? I watch Zaha, and you see everything you could have been. I see a guy who's playing out of control, and he doesn't really have much of a game plan. I think he works on Crystal Palace because he's given the ball and he's there's no real system that he has to play within. 
I think I think we talked about the maybe the best one already, which is uh, Arnatovich. Yeah. Uh, maybe he doesn't seem like like a differential, but he he really is. He's just not a highly owned player, um, and they've got a double, and uh, they've got a lot to play for. They do. Yeah. I mean, who else could could you recommend? I think it's Dusan Tadic. <sighs> See, all right, this. Let Dusan be the last thing we talk about. I think it's a fitting sort of reflection of this season as a whole as the, the <laughs> going in the most important game week of the season. We talk about Dusan Tadic as the last player. <laughs> Is what about yeah, what about Gundawan, maybe? He's played a lot. He has. Yeah. Um and he, he he has played a I'd lot. I'd be worried about him I'd be worried about him starting both games. Yeah, I wonder if Yaya Tori gets a start yeah, is exactly, he is exactly. he start worthy at this point? The thirty seven or thirty eight, he probably will. You, you're not going to get three starts out of Gundawan if you bring him in. Yeah, maybe Yaya starts the Huddersfield match. Um, yeah, um, Ramsey is a risky option, but um, the second leg will be over by the time this weekend starts. Hey, uh, uh, he is at least a contender. I know he hasn't played a ton, but that actually means he's got a lot of he, his legs will be pretty fresh. You know, he just hasn't played that much. I mean, he's only played. What, three fixtures in the last 10 game weeks? So. Yeah. I mean, Mkhitaryan is back. He did come off with a knock, but this dude is is priced at $7.7 million, and he's back playing for Arsenal with the doubles. Uh, curious to see what happens with him in the um, Atletico Madrid game on Thursday if he yeah. travels and plays. But uh, that is an interesting differential for the double if he's fit and ready. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, I mean, we've already seen um, two double-figure returns from him uh, this, since, he, since he joined Arsenal in Game Week 26 and Game Week 30. Um, yeah, it's, it seems like so long ago. I actually had him in my squad for both of those. Um, and it, like In my head, I'm like, are, like the whole Mkhitaryan thing was like a huge disappointment, but it was really just that the injury was so ill-timed. But, you know, I wonder if we all kind of dodged a bullet, I mean, in hindsight, because Wenger just wasn't playing any of his good players in the in the Premier League matches, and so it might have just been a lot of frustration to have him in your in your team. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't mes- mention Dusan Tadic without men- mentioning Jesse Lingard in this conversation. Six, six million just, to double on the cards. Yeah, I mean, when we get to this part of the podcast, we should just end it, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> this has been this has been your podcast. This has been your your weekly Tadic cast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you'd like to to play our World Cup game, if you'd like to join uh, the Slack, which is which is really taken on new life, maybe it's all the all the new members that we've added the last uh, the last week or so. Um, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You can also subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you uh, just want to do something nice uh, this week, um, you could go into iTunes and give us a five-star review and even write a couple words if you are so uh, inclined to do so. That actually really helps us a lot and uh, helps us to um, uh, get found by more people and just to continue to grow the podcast, which is always kind of uh, kind of the goal. So, Absolutely. Uh, where else can people find us, Brandon? Sure. Follow us on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash AlwaysCheating, Twitter.com slash HailCheaters, where we're tweeting a lot live during games. And uh, Josh, you run a very helpful um, advice shop on Twitter occasionally, so look out for that. Once or twice a week. <clears throat> Facebook.com slash alwayscheating, or just go to alwayscheating.com for all your always cheating needs. We've got links to our Patreon page, all of our podcast feeds, 
and social media handles the like. So we look forward to seeing you across the World Wide Web for all the FPL talk. Brandon, you said it. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck. I know that uh, I know that a lot of you are, are just really coming down the stretch run with the FPL season. You're you're ready to be done. Uh, and um, and thank you so much for listening and sticking with us throughout the whole season. Even if you're taking the World Cup off, we hope to see you again this fall. Um, and um, yeah, so we'll be back with a podcast for Game Week 38, and then we'll do a little wrap-up after Game Week 38 is over, too. I think for that podcast, we're going to do um, suggestions for what you'd want to see change for next year. So uh, chips and bonus point system and... Uh, team structure, any any anything you want to see different in the game next year, um, yeah. you can ask us about in that podcast, and we'll yeah, that's your homework we'll assignment. On the exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, Josh. Good luck in the double. It's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too, man. All right, see you later. Hail Lord Tadich. <laughs> Hail Lord Arnautovic. Hail Poku. <laughs> Hail cheaters. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.